0: This show is brought to you by Nice Mug. Nice Mug is the only mug made entirely out of ice. For more information, go to nicemug.com and enter the coupon code SAUNA for 10% off your entire purchase. Well, hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to the inaugural episode of Sauna Talk, uh, the podcast in the sauna, about the sauna, and f- hopefully about a lot more. Uh, you know, they say podcasts are great uh, because they follow what's called the long form. And what is the long form? Well, it's when the person being inter- interviewed is able to, you know, ramble a bit uh, with their answers. Um, and I think the long form is great. Uh, for the listener, too, because the long form answers uh, uh, to questions help put the listener in a more mellow, contemplative, uh, thoughtful place. And this makes us all feel good. So I hope you enjoy Sauna Talk. Uh, I just want to introduce Tom Orlando, our first guest. Um, Tom is just a remarkable guy. You know, I got to know Tom through Sauna, I've built uh, two saunas for Tom. He contacted me through Sauna Times and I realized uh though he was a stranger at the time, he reminded me so much of uh, of my family. I'm of Italian descent and Tom's Italian and just the way he uh, thinks and uh speaks and uh processes is uh is something I can completely relate to. Uh so I met like my soul brother, you know, through sauna and through building two saunas for for Tom. Uh Tom's a remarkable guy. I mean, he started 10 years ago. He's he's been in the glue industry. Uh he's a he's a chemist um and uh and a chemical engineer by by education and by by trade. And uh he started 10 years ago. He switched jobs and started with a privately held uh, glue company and uh in 10 years they've had a tenfold increase uh in sales uh together with his his right-hand man, the owner of uh, wisdom adhesives, Jeff wisdom. Uh, these guys have done remarkable stuff in a, in a kind of a boring industry. Uh, they've made it exciting. And, uh, I tell you what, it doesn't matter what your day job is. Uh, I think there's just like great wisdom to be had with, uh, with Tom and Jeff and the wisdom way and the philosophy and energy these guys bring every day, uh, to creating, uh, something of value. Um, so that's in this uh, episode, of Talk, uh, and uh, I just am so pleased that we're able to sit on the bench with Tom and just hash out some, some fun things. So uh, hey, this is an experiment. I'm sure the recordings are going to get better over time, uh, but I don't think an interview can get better than this first one. So without further ado, uh, welcome Tom Orlando and of Talk. I'm joined by my friend Tom Orlando, who uh, we've been talking about getting together and a little sauna talk and uh, Tom you're you're actually the guy that founded the term sauna talk
1: yeah sauna talk pretty much means the euphoria you feel when you're in a sauna you come up with a great idea and it sounds like it's the greatest idea of all time and then when you get out of the sauna and you cool down and later on you go what was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> that's a definition of sonatal. talk that's a great definition. But I, I you know,
0: I gotta be honest with you. I woke up at like friggin' five in the morning because you know, I got back from Mexico and I'm trying to readjust. What'd you get when did you get back to Mexico? Uh, a couple of days
1: ago. Yeah. But but I was thinking about Oh, the, you're still on Mexican time.
0: Yeah. So I was thinking about the term sonotox and and I would kind of throw in a little different mix to it. It's like it's like real talk. And then, talk is way out there, and I think you need way out there thinking and talk to, to reach, to get somewhere in the middle, like somewhere out from normal and back from
1: way out. But wait a minute, you a mean, good place. if you could live in reality, or live in talk reality, where would you want to live? Would <laughs> you want to uh, live in talk reality? No, I like that. Right. Everything's happy in Sauna okay, Talk. Okay, okay, that's a fair maybe, question. Maybe one negative you've ever had in Sauna talk.
0: None. none. None, right?
1: None. It's, it's when it's You wouldn't sell your sauna shoes business to JW. That's the only time. That's, <laughs> that's like the biggest negative you've ever had with Sauna Talk, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, you know
0: that's true. But that magical place between reality and Sauna Talk, midway between, is optimal Optimal place Busy. to be because you borrow all the best of the craziness and you balance it with like the pragmatic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can move that bench over there, back, that backrest. Well, it's cold right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, I'm so, right now. so, again, we're joined today uh, uh, by uh, it's myself, Glenn Auerbach, founder of Song of Times, and to my left is Tom Rolando. Um, Tom is the chief operating and technical officer for Wisdom Adhesives fifth generation privately owned actually are, is wisdom adhesive the largest privately owned adhesive company in the world Tom?
1: oh uh, yeah actually the it, it would be two things two significant things it would be the oldest adhesive company in the world so established 1875 so it's 140 plus years going on 141 2016 and it's the largest privately held, adhesive company Whoa. in the world. So oh, it's two cool. big, two yeah. big, uh, yeah. markers. There. Yeah, really. Wow. When you think about it, you know, and you know,
0: Tom is a, he's a family man, two kids in college, yeah. uh, Tom, you're a 218 eighter by heart. And we'll talk a little bit about 218 here in just a moment. Uh, you've written two books and most recently the wisdom way, uh, which is chock full of well, you know, wisdom. Uh, and so Tom, let's get right to it. You know, I've seen you in action responsibilities you have and the work you do at Wisdom Adhesives, I mean how do you keep it all together? What do you mean like? Like like how do you do that? How do you okay let's just frame up for the listeners. How many people are in your cell phone? Customers? Oh I mean you know you know
1: at least a thousand maybe a couple thousand. Okay. So thousands
0: you know. Okay. And, and by saying, I've seen you in action, we've driven up north together, we've taken many psalms together. Uh, you're, you are for better, and I think very little worse. And I say that as a compliment. <laughs> you are tethered to your cell phone. And anytime anywhere, you're selling glue. How do you keep it all together?
1: Yeah, I, well, I don't know. It, it's, it's probably not easy, but I think if it really gets down to to be you have any kind of success. And it probably is, maybe even for the younger, younger generation. People to have any kind of success. Really, you end up doing what you're good at. If you do what you're good at, you'll be successful. So, so the the moral of the story is: if you're good at something, do that. And if you can find a way to make money doing it, you know, have a job, or you know, be <laughs> in business, or start your own business, or you know, any any or all of, of the above. Mm-hmm. You'll not only be, because you're good at it, so you're going to be happy doing it. If you're happy doing it and you're good at it, you're going to be successful. It's kind of like, I don't know if you could find a scenario where you'd say, look, I'm terrible at this, but I'm, but I'm successful at it. Mm-hmm. Or I'm unhappy doing this mm-hmm. and I'm successful at it. Well, to that or I'm crappy at it and I'm successful at it.
0: To, to that point, the quintessential example are super high-performance athletes. They love their sport.
1: Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. They're just, well, I mean, you could take an example. Okay. So, uh, take the inverse. Like I always say, try to find the exception to the rule. So find somebody who's successful, but they're terrible at it. So just take anybody, you know, Warren, you know, these are obvious yeah. ones, right? Warren Buffett. Well, yeah. what is he a crappy investor? You know, most people would say he's like a, you know, one of the smartest investors. And you could go along to any discipline, any walk of life, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you would find the same, same thing. So when the phone rings, yeah, do you
0: your quick reaction is it excitement, dread, fear, confidence? What's like what hits you right away when you, when that phone rings? Well, when the
1: phone rings, well, somebody's calling you for a reason. You know, usually they're usually the reason if they're calling you you know, obviously business-related, they're, they need something, they've got a problem they need to resolve, or they have an opportunity that they want you to to help them with. Mm -hmm. So they're they're not calling just for, to chit-chat. I mean, it happens once in a great while, but most of the time, business-related, you got to get it done. So I find it easier just to get with it, get on with the task, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. So answer the phone, because if you, if you react right away, and there's always a philosophy of, you know, how, how quick do you really want to respond to things or be on top of things? And there's a balance. Mm-hmm. But generally, if there is a problem or there is an opportunity or there is an issue, if you respond right away, you generally have, have to be, you only have to be about half as good as you would be as if you waited. You waited and then responded. Well, then I think the expectations grow. You know, and, and the problems multiply. And the problems multiply. Like all know. that
0: fucking wisdom that
1: he says Right on the don't answer the phone. <laughs> and then you get, you know, there can be things that go on that are out of your control. And mm-hmm. yeah, sometimes it's not good to always answer right away. And you might have to just, you know, answer and I'll get back to you. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But just, okay. just, just responding. Because I, I think if you look, turn it around. So I'm in the, you know, fortunate or unfortunate position of having to be both you know, selling and being sold to. So material people sell to us, I deal with that and I also sell. So I know what it's like to be on both ends of the stick. So yeah, when you call someone, usually you're calling for a reason. You're not calling just hey, you know, what what time's golf at? Because you're going to already have that arranged, you know, (laughs) you're going to remember that.
0: But but back to my question though, I I was speaking and that's great. uh, But how about you personally, like personally? What, don't how do you avoid anxiety about too much on your
1: well family? no I, I don't know i mean i think i think it's 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 something that's always going to be there so if you you, you want you, you learn to live with it the older you get the better you are again it goes back to if you're doing something you like and you're good at it it's it's a lot easier yeah i still think you're going to have anxiety you're still going to have you know ups and downs there's no question about i don't know if you can eliminate that and, you know, in a personality that's maybe like a type A personality, I think that comes with the territory. And I I don't know if you're ever going to change that, but maybe you learn to live with it. Mm -hmm. But, but if you do these things and and you're, and you're successful at it, it makes it a whole lot easier.
0: Makes me think of some, someone quite famous, a speaker, a public speaker. And I want to say somebody like Jay Leno. I think it is Jay Leno actually, who uh revealed that he would literally throw up before going Yeah, well, he stage. did really
1: I, th- I think it was i think him, he's funny i've seen him a few times in yeah live he's funnier he i mean is. on tv he's better in live than he on is. tv even. yeah yeah i, I saw funny. him recently
0: live as well did yeah. you yeah he's he's yeah.
1: a funny guy let's go way back Tom. Right. let's so. let's start this
0: whole little chitter chatter uh you grew up on the iron range yeah, and there may be people listening in Australia, you know, hey, there's this wonderful guy from Australia who just chimed in. Oh, yeah, I that's wrote, right. Yeah, so
1: Donald has that global reach.
0: We do have a global reach yeah. and uh, for those listening, listening globally, uh, tell the folks about the Iron Range and specifically International Falls and paint us a picture of coal. Well,
1: okay, so the Iron Range, yeah, it's really iron ore, you know, so not coal, but iron ore, that's why they call it the Iron Range the Iron Range is really the biggest part of the Iron Range, it's in north central Minnesota and extends from basically the Arrowhead region, which is the beginning of what's known as the boundary water. So the Duluth area, you know, more or less up to International Falls. And you could argue International Falls is on the very, very, very tip of the Iron Range, but that's all kind of in, in one area. And, And really what it stemmed from was the, you know, the, the manufacturing age, the steel age, the donning of steel what was used for everything, locomotives, automobiles, and there just happens to be a rich source of, of uh, iron ore, which gets converted into to steel, uh, and it's the raw materials up on the iron range. So and there's a port in Duluth. Yeah, so yeah, basically that. they mine it, and they just, they strip mine it. So they do, <laughs> dug these big, huge pits in, on the iron range. They're, I mean, they're the size of gigantic lakes. Mine the iron ore... Put it on ships in Two harbor Silver Bay, Duluth, ship it across the Great Lakes to places like Gary, Indiana and beyond, convert it into steel, ship it over to Detroit, make automobiles, locomotives, anything with, anything with steel in it. And th- those industries have evolved over the years, and they've gone through boom times in the early years to bust times in, in not, not too long ago, and even now it's, it's probably certainly muted and moderated from what it used to be. Mm, mm. And you, you grew up, um, I, you know, I, I, I
0: call you an International Falls resident, right? Uh, you grew up in Eveleth and a little time ago Well, yeah, really so really.
1: I, yeah, I was born in Virginia, Minnesota, lived in Eveleth, so right in the heart of the Iron Range. And my dad, he was from the Iron Range, he grew up in, in a small little town just on the edge of the boundary waters so or right smack dab in Ely, Minnesota. And it his was, father ran a uh
0: yeah. a resort or a,
1: a well, outfitting, <laughs> right? Yeah, his father was a guy. Yeah. So basically he he had about like three or four boats, caught minnows, fished and hunted for, for a living and that's what they ate. You know. So wow. they they lived very basic means, very they lived off the land. It was you know, it was a great way to live. But I mean and, and if you harken back to those days it was a whole lot colder. I know it's zero degrees today. It seemed like it was 50 below every day when those guys were really hitting it. So maybe, maybe there is some truth to this warming, but uh, yeah, so my grandfather grew up on the Iron Range, and he actually came over from the old country, from Italy, northern Italy, and then my dad kind of took that up, and he carried that passion when he, when he moved from Ely to the Iron Range, and you know, up to International Falls, and you know, the guy's been an outdoorsman, a hunter, and, and more than anything, a, a walleye fisherman for his entire life. So, eighty, going on eighty-seven, something odd years, the guy fishes 150 days a year, just when it's on open water. And that's not counting ice fishing. So, <laughs> it's like, and and yeah. he's not just he's not just wetting a line. He's out there humping it, you know. So it's, uh, so yeah, growing up on that. Uh, uh-huh. And like, I, how old were you when you moved to International Falls? You know, I we were I'm, I'm sure I was like. Third, fourth grade. Mm-hmm. So lived in Ewellis, born in Virginia. We had bounced around a little bit, but basically on the Iron Range, and then up to International Falls, and then you know graduated high school from there, went on to school in Duluth and North Dakota, end up working in the Twin Cities, and
0: and you went from cold to colder to cold
1: to yeah, cold. Yeah, yeah. So it's always yeah. been around. I mean, you know, if you if you relate it to sauna, I've probably been around saunas my whole life, but mm-hmm. not not really. You know noticing them more than just you know they were always there it was yeah. kind of like hunting and fishing right t- took it for granted maybe. yes you know it was part of the interwoven yeah just, you just you just did it that's what you did yeah so that's what people did yeah
0: yeah <clears throat> so uh international falls it, it it does have this this halo claim to it as the coldest spot in the continental united
1: yeah States. so yeah like even Do, frostbite falls if you yeah. If you go back to the the, what, the cartoon, the Dudley Do right Rocky and Bullwinkle, that's all based on Frostbite Falls. It's got a loose connection to International Falls. In fact, the Rainy River Community College, which is the junior college in International Falls, they actually have their, their mascots are Rocky and Bullwinkle and they mm-hmm. tout themselves as, mm-hmm. you know, the Frostbite Falls yeah
0: in, in in reality and and that claim actually brought some commerce to international falls i i have a memory yeah, of yeah the a, testing the diehard yeah they, they still
1: have it they have a whole group that does that mm-hmm. that that it's you know i think it's it's company funded it's government funded it's privately funded to yeah. do all this cold weather testing of products and services mm-hmm. that you know, to make sure they work in cold weather. Yeah, and growing up, I remember the commercial, and I'm pretty sure it was the diehard battery. Yeah, well, oh yeah, the Sears diehard. Hard even works in International Falls, Minnesota. You
0: know, <laughs> there's the car sitting on a frozen lake. Right? <laughs> of course,
1: mine probably didn't
0: start. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any uh, specific memories of cold growing up in International Falls? Yeah,
1: again? I mean, it was all, you're always outside. It seemed like the winters were much longer than they are today, and it's probably just because we, we were young, but we were always outside, so you'd be... Dressed up like the kid on, uh, what's that? You know, Christmas story. Yeah, yeah. You know, I where had, up. who just said like, you had like ten things on you, you couldn't even breathe, and uh-huh. that's a. And then we we get kicked outside. I mean, nobody stayed inside. I mean, that just never happened. Yeah, know? and what's odd to
0: that is, clothing technology has improved so much. Yeah. I mean, granted, yeah. a, wool a wool sweater is a wool sweater. But uh, you could kind of maybe make a point that people are softies today about cold.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, somebody might have, like my grandfather probably had the old wool jacket and some, you know, insulated underwear, and it's, you know, they wore that all the time. And now I think technology's gotten a little better. But, you know, I don't know if people are any warmer because they're not as hardy. So I think you have a good point there, you know? Yeah, well
0: done, yeah.
1: So let's let's dive into how we met, Tom.
0: Uh, Tell us... uh, tell us your story of uh of our connection and and
1: how oh it yeah sure so I was uh I was in the market uh, and I thought I'd thought about this for years to build a sauna and build one my house in the Twin Cities and uh, I just you know I always wanted a sauna I figured well you know I'm not really sure what to do and I, I looked on the internet and researched it a little bit and I decided hey you know I, I didn't want the electric sauna the infrared sauna I wanted to true finished wood burning stove sauna and then from there I didn't know what it would look like or how it would look like but you know I figured hey if you could start with the with the base and then build it to whatever it could be so I'd looked around and there and there actually isn't a ton of guys that make wood burning stoves for saunas I mean there's maybe a, uh, just a handful and I ended up finding one uh it was the, the kuma stove the gentleman out of tower I figured hey you know not too far from Ely, I mean look Look, if they, they know, you know, I mean, which certainly within the state. Maybe some guy in upper Michigan, you know, might know better. I don't know. But if some guy in tower, he's going to know how to build it. So I called him. and He said, hey, he's got a perfect one. I said, great. And he said, you know, you can come up and get it. And you can you can use it. You can build your sauna around it. I go, Whoa, wait a minute there. You know, I said, you know, I'm not a very handy craftsman type of person. I just, you know that's the sauna, that's the furnace I want, that's the stove I want, that's the fireplace I want, but I need someone, and so I asked him, and, and, uh, and he and he told me right out, he said, hey, Glenn Arbach, you know, commonly known nowadays as the G-man. <laughs> so I called you G, and that's how we got started.
0: Yeah, it's amazing, and I remember that. In, uh, in the Parallel Universe department, uh, <clears throat> I got to know Daryl Lampa, the Kuma stove maker, yeah. Shit, I don't know. 25 years ago, and 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 I agree. I mean, his product's unbelievable, and and I basically built a lot of what I've done and my passion around sauna, uh, in conjunction
1: with the Kuma stove.
0: Yeah. Because when I build saunas, I always use the Kuma stove because I know it performs. Yeah.
1: I mean, once in a while, don't you get asked to say, "Hey, what what should I what what kind of stove should I have?" I mean. All the time. All the time, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and you know you. And can, what do you say?
0: You could say that the Kuma Stove is like the first craft brewer of, of, of stove building. I mean, the guy does is, does it all himself. Yeah. He designed the whole thing. He's t- tweaked with the technology of, of wood burning and yeah. gasification. And your point's well taken. I mean, a guy in Tower, Minnesota that rivals International Falls in terms of cold yeah. is going to maximize the efficiency of wood burning because those guys burn wood all the yeah, way along. Yeah, to stay warm. That's it. It's a functional. Part.
1: Yeah, not even just for your sauna, but for your house. Yeah,
0: totally. So we met, and uh, in the again in the parallel universe department, what you were looking for is exactly what I do. You know, having this backyard up north retreat concept. Yeah, 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 And eight by twelve is a is a size that you know conforms to what your needs were and what we did up in your backyard. Yeah, yeah.
1: So we built the. You know, we had the shell. Put the, you put, you know, you did all the finish work on the inside, the outside, put the, put the stove in, got her lit. Yeah. And it was, you know, the whole process went very quickly. Yeah. And uh, we were up and running, I don't know, in due time. It was short. Yeah. It was about, what, eight years ago, maybe? God, has it been that long? I don't know. It's probably true. Yeah. Yeah. but if I I would say it was a great time to build it. Get it done in the summer. Yeah. And you enjoy it all winter. You know what I mean?
0: Totally, totally, totally. And, um. Uh, you know so there so let's talk about the other sauna okay the superior sauna yeah so that
1: you went to school in Saint Scholastica yeah so I went to school my Which under is in degree. yeah Saint scholastica uh Duluth I, Minnesota Duluth Minnesota so you know even as kids we'd always go to Duluth my dad when he was coaching basketball I always had games in Duluth tournaments all that when I was in high school we played tournaments in Duluth that kind of thing and I went to college there, one of the things we did was some, you know, with, with, you know, the group that I hung out with, you know, some great friends, we would pretty much every Friday afternoon, we'd take a drive along the scenic North Shore, so 61 scenic from Duluth to Two Harbors, and just, you know, basically relax, have a couple of beers, you know, get some smoked salmon at places like Rust Kendall's still around today, do the same thing that, that we do today. And
0: in, in that stretch from... Saint Scholastica College, yeah,
1: in the pretty much the
0: heart of Duluth, Minnesota. Up yeah. to Two Harbors is about how many miles?
1: Well, it's maybe maybe twenty-five miles. You know, it, you get right to the edge of Duluth is maybe twenty miles.
0: It's safe to say you know every turn on that. Yeah, so I've been
1: up and mile. down that road, and it's not a very populated road. It's it's not a very used road. I mean, in the summer a little bit, a lot of people bike. If there's actually a marathon. Grandma's marathon is run every year. End of, end of June, right along there. Yeah, and, so and it's,
0: for those Bob Dylan fans, we're talking about...
1: Uh, Highway 61. Yeah, he it. wrote a, wrote a song. And you know, that's probably like the quintessential part of 61, even though yeah. 61 will go from Duluth. I mean, I think it goes south, you know, to, to really the Iowa border, but yep. and north to the Canadian border, but really the heart of it is Duluth. 61, I mean, people think Duluth yeah. and that scenic North Shore, really. Yeah. So you know, that you know the
0: spot, you graduated from college. You moved to the Twin Cities, but you would go back to that area.
1: Yeah, so we went, you know, I went, you know, later on when I had a family, we would go pretty much every year, at least once a year, twice a year, any time of the year, go up there and just take a break. Like, in, in the summer when it's 80, 90, 100 degrees in the Twin Cities, and believe it or not, it can get to be 100 degrees Fahrenheit in the cities, you can you could go up to Lake Superior, and Lake Superior is the biggest Freshwater lake in the world. I think there's one in Russia about the same size, but it's it's as big as all the other Great Lakes combined. And it's it the temperature never changes, as you well know. It's like you know 38 degrees year round, and and you go up the, there and the, it's water, like, temp, yeah, the water temp. Yeah, the water temp. Yeah, and you go up there and it's just like it's like air conditioning. You mm-hmm. know, when you finally had enough of summer, which <laughs> right now if you go outside, you go I couldn't have enough of summer. But yeah. you get to that point, everyone gets there when it's 100 degrees. 90 degrees, 10 days in a row, going to Duluth is like having outdoor air conditioning, and you sit by the water, and you just, you feel this thing, and you're just reinvigorated, mm. and it just, it gets you, it gets you going.
0: It, it is amazing, and that right in the heart of the United States, <clears throat> in the middle of, of the country, Yeah. you have a view like you're on the coast.
1: Yeah, you have a view like you're on the coast, a body of water is no, like none other, It's not nearly as populated as it would be, say, from Florida to New York or Maine. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's very, or the West Coast. It's it's relatively unpopulated. So from Duluth to, say, uh, along the North Shore to to Canada, there might be, within a mile of the shore, there might be maybe 10,000 people at the most. And you're talking a 200-mile stretch. Not very populated. So it's a great way to get away. Certainly the weather drives a lot of people away. It snows Mm -hmm. a lot. It's cold a lot.
0: And did you, did you think at some time that you wanted to own any property up there?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was hard to say. I mean, I think I've always been looking for a place up on the North Shore because it's always been, you know, it's like a magnet. Mm-hmm. You know, when you for read For you personally. Yeah, for me personally. You got a connection like uh, like all the stories. The Edmund Fitzgerald going down in the 1975, November 10th. Uh, this buddy of mine, his uncle was on that ship. It was, there's always been a connection to, to be there, to go there. It's been... Yeah. It's been an attraction. It's almost like a magnet. So finding a place, buying a place, getting a place up there was, you know, was it inevitable? Maybe it was inev- inevitable. But, it, it, you know, it, it happened, And I don't know, when was that, about five years ago now? Yeah. yeah. About five years ago. And
0: you had known the property that you ended up buying. Yeah, so
1: <laughs> I, I had seen it. It, it. You know, a lot of, if you go, do the North Shore a lot, there's some places that are for sale a lot. Or for sale for a long time. People in a way they tend to overvalue the property because i think to them personally it's worth so much yeah but to a market it, it's probably not worth half that you know yeah, what i mean Yeah, yeah. and so i think uh the, the the change of hands of ownership up there it doesn't happen all that much there isn't that many houses there isn't that much land there isn't that many places so right. you know there's a limited selection
0: yeah and limited in the sense that <clears throat> that the property that you bought is actually on the rocks of yeah and most of the homes if they're going to be built are on the wood side of, of the road so not the lake the,
1: side of the road if you look at the scenic 61 there's there's not many opportunities to build so 61 hugs the water all the way from Duluth to the Two Harbors and i mean hug, and beyond and, all the way to canada all completely. the way to canada but but particularly that scenic portion mm-hmm. that 20 mile stretch where what it's is? it's basically there, there's not many opportunities to build it right on the water. I mean, you can be across the road, and you're not far from the water, but yep. literally to build on the water, well, that's what this particular place was, was right on the water. I mean, right on the rocks, right on the water. You can have it be 45 degrees on a summer day or spring day by the water, walk out the front door, which would be on the roadside, and it might be 65. Literally a 20-degree difference in a matter of 50 to 100 feet, you know. And so it's that, th- that much of a difference. So the property is unique. It sits right
0: on the rocks, on hold of Highway 61, a bunch of miles, a few miles south of Two Harbors. What else about that property attracted
1: you? Well, the biggest thing, and as you very well know, was there was this shed. And it was a, it was a great looking structure. And later on when we did measure, it was a 12 by 16 structure. So, but it was a perfect structure looking solidly built. I mean, it looked like it was sitting in the water. You know, what it... You know what is that? Well, that's just a tool shed, and and so and it's a little bit of a path to get from the from the main house down to the tool shed, if you will. But uh, it was it was had great bones. You opened it up. You were ten feet from the water. You had a deck. had doors. You opened it up, and, and the footings were solid, and and all that. And I also, I remember so a, a question. Yeah. To, sorry to interrupt you, but. <clears throat> Do you think you would have bought that property without the show Yeah, probably not. Probably not. That was like an immediate attraction. You go, okay, now you got this escape of a place to go. And now you got an escape within an escape. So it's like, you know, you can go up north and be away from everybody, basically. And it's a convenient place to go because it's right off the road. It's easy to get to. And it's not far from the Twin Cities. But now you got a place you can get away from, from the place when you're up there and go take a sauna and, and be... Be away. So it, it.
0: So my side to that is, uh, you know, I got to know Tom really well by building his Minneapolis sauna, yeah. and we would sound together, and you know, we wouldn't see each other a lot. Hey, we're both hardworking, you know, we yeah. have families, da, da da. And so out of the blue, I get this. Uh, I don't know, it was an email or whatever. G man, text, yeah. G man, and there was this picture of what you described the shed, yeah. the brown clad shed on the shores of what I perceived to be Lake Superior. G man, can you build a sauna here? Yeah, let me know. <laughs> and so you know, that's classic Tom. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I, I write back. Of course I can. Yeah, yeah. Of course I can. And then, and then, thank God you sent me the listing, which put a little more meat on the bone. Yeah, phone. You can look up the details. Yeah. yeah. I, so I, now I knew where you were talking, and I had a little bit of a context of you know what was entailed. And I believe you closed maybe I want to say on an October first or something. No, remember? I, I remember I, I, well. well.
1: Like okay. ran into the place like September. 15th was closing or, but actually like september 14th september 15th bought the place month later exactly 30 days later closed on the place okay. so october 15th you were in there that evening of october 15th starting to yes you know assess yes. it and what what can be done here and yeah totally now <clears throat> what's
0: significant to me for those listening is that uh you, you can do this uh Virtually, remotely, and then and then plug it in when it's go time. And, yeah. And what I mean by that is Tom, you know, gave me the, the the pitch about this this sauna build, and the the bones were there as you to oh, yeah. describe. Well, and, so, and
1: even at the time of the buy, you, you know, it, it, to me they looked like they were there, but until you actually saw it, yeah, and agreed, yeah was it was still in doubt well you know, no and and the day i saw it was two
0: hours before the home depot delivery right and i used your eyes when you were up there. yeah
1: i think you were at like yeah, we're one, taking some measurements and yeah you were there to do the inspection and yeah I, it was and like then, uh you're right the inspection was like just a few days before the yeah you know right the and I,
0: and a few days before i was putting together the building materials list and yeah. uh and then you know the, the phone connection up there spotting, I remember having this very, you know, like quick, rough and rough and tumble phone conversation where you were the eyes and ears for giving me some information about, hey, are the are the stud 16 on center? What does the foundation look yeah. like? Da, 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 da. I mean we were rolling the dice and we were working with, with the information at hand. But i put together that building materials list and and
1: like you say i set up delivery for september 16th october 16th october 16th good yeah And and we were fortunate october 16th on the north shore could be i mean there could be three feet of snow yeah. And it ended up that, that fall. Yeah. I mean, we were blessed that fall. It was like, well, you know, yeah. great and weather. It
0: was great for you because you got to hear about progress. But it was wonderful for me because I was the guy up there with my well, table saw yeah. on a deck. Yeah. You know, and I was prepared for gloves and, you know, Yeah, and it ended up being not too bad. Magical, you know. magical. As a matter of fact, for those listening... Toms Lake Superior sauna build was the fo- build was the foundation or and is the foundation for the photos that accompany my build your own sauna ebook the ebook right it, it was such a magical build for me and you're right you're up there in in escape and I'm up there at Tom's Lake Superior place totally so free from distractions and I was able to focus on the building process and I and I had no idea that I was going to write an ebook at the time yeah you were just
1: trying to get it done and I, and I felt this pull to document well, the process. Well, I mean, okay, so it was done in a number of phases, which obviously phase one, get the hot room done. Correct. And I, and I remember October 16th, you, you, you're getting material, you're starting to, you know, shape the shape the entire sauna structure, but particularly the hot room. Within two days, maybe what, two and a half, I'm calling you, hey, um, I'm in Hinckley. <laughs> You know, light the sauna in in, yeah. in about a yeah. half hour. The and pressure was yeah. The I pressure mean, was I on, and I mean, you hadn't even had the stove wasn't even in at that point.
0: Well, I, and I I thought of this this morning. You know, the stove we used was also fortunate because that stove was recycled. It was a barely used Kuma wood burning sauna stove that I had taken out of my mobile sauna yeah. that I had sold to these folks that wanted it converted to
1: electric. Oh, that's
0: right. Remember so, that? Yeah. And the beauty of that is the stove was broken in. So,
1: I, you know... It, bro- yeah, we didn't have to break in this, this yeah, stove.
0: Yeah, yeah. and for those buying a sauna stove, it's very important that you uh, run the stove a good uh, building temperature. It's going to take 24 hours. Yeah, you don't want to just fire it up, right? No, you yeah. have to burn off paint and, uh, you know, get it seasoned. So, um, but what else is important about that phase one that, that, that deserves note is, uh, you know, Tom and I designed that sauna from the hot room out
1: yeah phase one hot room well and then okay so and, and totally you know other than deciding on an idea making the specs for that everything was by you know we, we put a lot of effort into just sitting around and feeling it yeah so everything was a feel yes. so one thing would get done let's feel how this goes let's yeah. let's take a sauna let's let's pretend we're sitting in the changing room. Yes. Let's where would we go next? How would it look? How would the decks look? How, how would we do all this? And it, yeah. it evolved into like a number of phases. Totally. And, and still yeah. uh, forever a work in progress.
0: Right. And it's the
1: journey, not the destination yeah. that gives us such
0: joy about being up. Yeah. I think the day it's done may be the day we die.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you look at it now to the to the naked eye, someone would come in and say, well, yeah, this is a perfect sauna. It's the greatest sauna. That's how you and I both feel. It's like I got a great hot room. The changing room is the alcove, the, the, all the finishing touches, then the outside deck, you know, the, the, the wraparound deck, the, you know, the path that leads down to the water, all that, it's just top-notch, first-rate, I mean, there is none better. But every time we sit in there, we think of a different idea, of a tweak, uh-huh. uh, an idea, a down-the-road thing, uh, an extension, uh, another way to look at it, and uh, that's, that's half the fun. Totally. And so the lesson that I would like to share on that
0: is don't feel a time rush to building yeah, your, that's a great your, point. your dream, your sauna
1: dream. It may not well, be let let sauna. Me, don't feel man. a rush to pursue your dream. Gee, man, let me give you the greatest, th- the greatest thing that'll happen, though. So don't feel rushed. That's probably from a builder's perspective, maybe the number one thing. Like, don't feel the need to rush. Maybe, maybe the only thing that was rushed and not from a craftsmanship, but just was to get the hot room done so we could take saunas. <laughs> <That's
0: right.
1: laughs> everything else, <laughs> did, it didn't matter. Like, putting the lights on, the benches, you know, everything. Yeah. It did, that was like, we had time and to, to enjoy
0: that. In the show notes, I'm going to try to remember to put a link to a photo, and I think even wrote a post about it, and uh it's Tom's door handle. which The door handle, yeah. To the hot room. Yeah, well,
1: it's still the handle that's... Was like a, a function, a functional handle, but certainly not a finish handle. A couple of scraps. And you, Hey, G-Man, you promised me you were going to finish that. Well, it's the journey, isn't it? Okay, but so G-Man. <laughs> so, but that's from, a let's say, a builder's perspective. So the do-it-yourself guy. Yes. So now, coming from the perspective of the guy that enjoys the sauna. And, and anyone who's ever been in the sauna, the Superior Sauna, would totally agree with what I'm about to say. And that is... Is, yes, taking the hot room sauna and getting hot, you know, sweating and getting all the impurities out of your body. I mean, that's that's why we live, right? That's why we live for sauna. Yes. But little did I know that the greatest thing about taking a sauna would be not actually in the hot room getting hot, but actually sitting in the changing room getting cold, cooling down. Became the best part of any sauna that I've ever taken. And by a and by a good margin, by maybe two to one, much more enjoyable to be in the changing room after you've taken the hot room sauna and, and cooling down in a robe or in a hat or you know just in your in your you know towel or whatever method you use to cool. And I never would have known that without that changing room. That's cr-
0: that's a very critical point. <clears throat> now, when you kind of peel the onion back, or or or, or just. Take a look at this whole sauna thing yeah. from afar. Yeah. Okay. You know, you, you stop ten people on the street and you say sauna, right? Sauna, yeah. sauna, sauna. Immediately, ten out of ten are going to think hot room. That's a sauna,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah. They're, oh, that's all they're thinking about. Yeah. And and even, you know, we've we've looked at some of the best saunas in the on the North Shore or in other places. And what do they have? They have the great hot room. And the change room, if they have one, is like an afterthought. Yep I mean think about it If, if a guy And this is for you Do it yourself guys If you've got the ability To build a hot room Building a changing room Should be What It's way easier Isn't it Totally Probably way more fun yes. You know From the standpoint of you, you could You know A hot room you got to have a stove And you got to have Benches And you, 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 there's a certain Conformity you have to have Otherwise it wouldn't be a hot room yeah. But the changing room, you can have it to be anything you want.
0: That's right. That's right.
1: And and you know what? You jumped way ahead
0: uh, because I, I have a few oh, more okay. questions yeah. at the end. But let's let's i want to ask let's you this on. one, and I think I think you already answered it. Yeah. It's a, you know as you think about your entire sauna routine, you know, say from from the dreaming about taking a sauna on your flight home. Yeah. You know, all the way through the process of, yeah. of your sauna experience. Until after you towel off, go inside, and maybe go to bed that night, okay? Yeah. What is the one specific moment in that entire process that you enjoy most and
1: why? Well, yeah, I, and I think I've just said it. You just, just did. And, and it was something that was totally unexpected. Yeah. And in particular, you know, like when you're up there, we get like a JW, all the, you know, the posse, sitting around, cooling down. I mean, sometimes you forget. To go back in the hot room, yeah. you, you almost have to, once in a while, remind yourself that mm-hmm. whoa, we are taking some saunas here. So, it's, f- so from the
0: time uh, a sauna session, say, yeah. uh, in that environment, from the time uh, we won't even say when the stove is lit, from when, from when we go down to
1: sauna, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah.
0: until this this little sweep up at the end. I mean, what sort of time frame are we talking?
1: about? I mean, it could be if it's. If it's you and me. I mean, you certainly know it's. I mean, it's like a four-hour type of thing. It can be longer, shorter, depending on what, what, what we got to do. But it's it, it just the time. The time flies. Now, it, like out accelerates
0: of, out of context. Don't you think people that even maybe listening that are somewhat into sauna would think that's fucking crazy to be four hours? Yeah. Well,
1: yeah. I mean, I mean And then obviously, if you if you if you have somewhere to be, somewhere to go, something to do, you, you know, you if you have an actual time constraint. It makes a big difference, but. You know, picture yourself on a, on a night where it's, you know, the day is done and there's, you know, it doesn't matter when you go to bed or it's a weekend where you're not working or w- whatever the case may be. And that's generally what we try to do is just, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. maybe we're fielding something in between rounds that keep yeah. it going. But, uh, it, it uh, it, the, the time just flies and it takes that long and it could mm-hmm. be a lot of times we're reminded of, Hey, let's right let's, let's uh, move this up let's, let's yeah let's let's move this up
0: because we want to get down there yeah and then we don't want to be rushed and isn't it ironic in life right where so much of our time is programmed yeah and you know minutes are programmed like hours and what i mean by that is like all right the flight's at 220 i gotta get to the airport at 110 yeah i got a 330 meeting yeah everything's no, 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 no. everything's no. well
1: and and I think you have a video clip of what I would say is like, what, like kind of summarizes this up. Is, is we're sounding, you went jump in the lake, cool down. I came down, I was cooling down, came down the rope, had a couple beers, and yeah. I capped them off. And you caught that on video, yeah. and, and that kind of sums up. It was like end around, say two, probably. Which is like the most magical time, anyways. Mm-hmm. End of round two. You, so you, that's
0: the answer to the question for you. Yeah. End of round two.
1: End of round two because you've you've gotten through round one where, you know, ninety percent of your impurities are out, yes. and and then it, you've had a cool it, down. It, not to interrupt you. Yeah. But
0: it not not as in additionally to ninety percent of your impurities, ninety percent of the world you left behind has right. left. Right. Yeah. Then
1: your mind is clear. You've had one round to kind of cool down. Maybe. You had some last minute things you had to take care of from a work standpoint, but then round two, you're in, Mm. it's not, it it doesn't, doesn't feel as hot and you're not going to stay in as long because usually round one is your long round or depending on how you do it. Sure. Round two, you're already in the groove. And at the end of that, then you say, okay, now I've earned it. I can have that beer. Yeah. And that beer never tastes any better than that. I couldn't agree more. You know what I mean? It's not, it's just like the greatest beer. What's your, what's your, what's your greatest beer you're ever going to have? It's the beer you're gonna drink after round two on your cool down. Doesn't matter what it is; you can drink any beer. Yeah. Don't you think? I, I'm I'm
0: so there with you, I, and, and and from beer from from an alcohol drinking in the sauna yeah. perspective, there's a full range of folks. what we, we can do. Yeah. yeah I, I know the Russians like their vodka. Well, yeah, of course. And, 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 and you know, and so for the guy
1: in Russia, you know, he's probably having his greatest vodka. After round two. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right.
0: But there are people that I know, like, uh, you know, I'll leave names out. Maybe they'll be on future sauna podcast. But some people I know like to drink in the hot room. They like to show up with a drink. Yeah, in sure. Yeah. Whatever, you know, or and, yeah. Whatever floats your boat. Whatever floats your boat is great. But uh, I think you and I are really aligned about that.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I, in fact, I would encourage those that don't drink. I mean, you know, that don't drink beer while they're sauna and they wait till they're, it's all over. Or those that show up with a beer to try the after round two method right. on when they're totally,
0: yeah,
1: utterly relaxed, and just tell me, does that beer taste any better than <laughs> you had it before, or or if uh-huh. you waited, you know? I, I personally like that theory as well,
0: that, that method of, uh, of, of no beer until the end of round two, because I like to very, I like to hydrate a lot, like now each of us in this sauna, we're in round one, have a 32 ounce uh, jug of water, and I don't know about you Tom, but I, I try to get mine done you Know my 32 ounces of water. You know, I'll finish yeah, it, yeah. At the end of round one,
1: yeah. No, I mean, I've taken a lot of sauna, still learning really how to properly hydrate, to but yeah, the, yeah, you know, drinking water before, yeah. and then like you, you'll hear all these sports medicine guys, if you're gonna, you, you should be doing it days before, you know. So, it's well, yeah, it's interesting, yeah. but yeah. yeah, no, no doubt. The more water you drink, I think that, and I think it's just better for you. Ready for hit a it, little yeah, water, hit it in yeah. the yeah. <laughs>
0: written a couple of books, Tom. Yeah. One, just a magical effort about your dad, Pooner, the name of the book, Pooner. Yeah. What was the inspiration for that book?
1: Well, Pooner, he's such a great story, he's such a great man, just, uh, you know, grew up in Ely, as I said before, lived on the Iron Range, coached basketball, was a teacher, athletic director, international falls. a long time. He was even a great athlete in his day. He was actually Uh, his team played in the state finals in basketball. He was actually on the all-state team, 1944, if you can believe that. You know what I mean? So, great, great sports person. He played football, basketball, baseball, all that. Uh, and then he fished. He had this passion for fishing. So when you say, hey, do what you love, love what you do, do what you're good at. I mean, he was great at sports, people, and no better fisherman. I mean, he'd fish with anybody, uh really concentrated on just fish. He's fished for everything, but mainly fishes for walleye, and he's done it his whole life. And, and you know, I'm not talking once a week. He's fishing, you know, as much as anyone can exercise, that's as much as he's fishing. So he's fishing five days a week, oftentimes And he's younger, he was fishing seven. Ice fish, just, and he had a lot of stories from the fishing. Mm. So over the years, I mean the book probably was 10 years in the making, just asking him questions, he wrote down things. Were you writing things down at the time? Yeah, he actually wrote things down, I made notes, but but didn't put a lot of effort into it, just kind of compile it, and I always thought about doing a book. And then just one scenario from like a, from a Thanksgiving to a Christmas, I think it was around 2008, 2009 or whatever the book was published, he said, hey, I'm going to write this book. So I made the chapters and it kind of had a system to doing it, mm-hmm. you know. Come up with an outline for chapters. Have one chapter have a beginning that matches the end. Mm, and, and a, a transition. Like a, the beginning of one chapter matches the end of the previous chapter. Make it so people can read it almost like a Reader's Digest type of thing where, yes, the chapters tie together, but you can, you can read your two or three or four pages and leave it. Pick it up and, and it'll make sense. Had some chronological order to it. And it ended up being, yeah, even though it's a book about Pooner and, and it, and it traced his whole life, there was a lot of me in it. So well, it ended up almost yeah. being, you know, and how easier it is to write a book than about yourself, True. really, it's how it ended up, yeah. you know, kind of looking at my dad and, and, and maybe how I reflected on it. So it was, it came out and, uh, it was just, it was a great reflection, great tribute to Pooner and, mm-hmm. and, uh, it was fun doing it. Yeah. And, and so it really wasn't, to me, it wasn't that hard. I'm used yeah. to writing. Sure. You know, and yes. I, I think everybody wants to write a book. Uh-huh. You know, mm-hmm. like there's a, I would say half the population wants to write a book, probably a small percentage actually go out and do it. You, mm-hmm. you know what I mean?
0: And not, and you've done it not only once <coughs> now, uh, but twice. Mm-hmm. Tell us about your second book.
1: Well, the second book, as to do, it's called The Wisdom Way, and it relates to the, the, you know, the company I work for, Wisdom Adhesives, the oldest and longest running adhesive manufacturing company in the world. Great story to tell been around for, you know, they've had five generations, Jeff Wisdom, the current owner, you know, a great friend of mine, and, and of course, gee, you know him well. We've all signed together, tremendous guy, just, you know, you know, salt of the earth type of guy, tremendous person. And, uh, we just, we've always wanted to put a book out, uh, about Wisdom Adhesives and that story, but we never really wanted to tell a story of, you know, day one company started and went mm. through all these trials and tribulations and it ended up being what it is today well nobody mm. nobody would care except for a handful of people that were intimately involved yeah but what was more important was to capture the the essence of that company that mm-hmm. came into six principles with the leading one being passion mm. you know followed up by action and then four other principles that tied in to make this book and it was centered around these six guiding principles shaped in a hexagon and you know the cover of the book actually is that uh in in uh where, where is that the uh the hexagon rocks and yeah, where What is what, that Iceland yeah northern uh, no Scotland you know, you know yeah. that area and uh so re- it, it took shape through six principles through six principles yes and mm-hmm. in, in, uh with the with the driver being passion mm-hmm. and the second principle action being the guiding principles nice, you know nice, so nice. It, it really guided that company I mean there's the endurance the reinvention the relationships and the yeah. the giving back portion and you know the the, the generosity those are the, the, the other principles but really it all came down to just really the passion the action how this company went from what it was to what it is today and it's a it's a behemoth today compared to what it was, and it's certainly a force within the industry that it's in.
0: Yeah, so being privately held, I won't ask you for numbers or whatever. I mean, you guys are low key and just you know. Yeah, I mean, it's you, just you put your pants on every day like yeah, anybody else. Well, is.
1: But mean. but when you started to today, can yeah, it's you give like a an idea. It's like a of the tenfold increase at tenfold. least, you know. And yeah, right. So imagine a company that you know ten years ago was a tenth of the size, maybe maybe a twentieth of the size. Now it's now it's gone ten to twenty times bigger. And, and, and still continuing to grow, still this double-digit, 20%-plus growth every year, just like an engine. So yeah. would
0: you say in that book is a formula and magic Yeah, uh, growing so, a company? To yeah, fully. right.
1: If you if you look at this book and actually take it to heart and, and take the principles and, and apply them to any situation, and it could be business, it could be personal, you're going to be better off for doing it. If you actually follow these principles, and I think a lot of people do it innately. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just going to do it automatically. Yeah. You know, they, they may already do it. Right. And maybe many successful people, many successful companies already do, but it's a winning formula. So it's not only just about the company. Yeah. There's a little bit about the company, but it's actually a, it's a business. It's a business model. Today we do business. Today's
0: Saturday, right? So you worked yesterday, right? Of course. Okay. So, how about an example in the last twenty-four hours of a page or a chapter or a principle that you've used that you used, uh, you know, very recently?
1: Well, I think it's just it's every day. It's like having the passion just to get up. Like a specific uh, example. Well, I mean, it's you know, if somebody like yesterday, I think there was an opportunity for. A particular customer that had an opportunity, and, and I won't get into the specifics of so bore everyone with it, but they need the material right away. And in order to work that through an organization, you, you have to have not only people that are going to do it, but people that are going to be able to direct that and get it done. And we, we certainly have that. So we have what we call a flat organization. It's actually termed this ECHO2 efficient compact organization with two levels of reporting from the shop floor to senior management, so people can make decisions mm. and get the job done. So lo- the no long story short is we're able to fulfill the need when another vendor couldn't, you know, and, and we most likely got a customer then for, you know, the long run. So you, so you didn't have to fill out a new op form? Yeah, so there's no, there, there's, there's, there's conformity. It's like, it's like, look at it like a, the duck thing. Like, the outside the company is going to have a certain image and it's going to act a certain way and it's going to perform a certain way that's always going to be that way but under the water that churning or gliding or whatever the whatever needs to be done that's what's going to happen and that's that's really the wisdom way. Did you, you know? make
0: that up, that duck metaphor?
1: Well, I mean, I think people have used the duck metaphor <laughs> before, but it uh-huh. fits perfectly with it the does. wisdom. I mean, it's like. So it's, behind the scenes. I or think under, it's in the book. I, yeah, under the g the Under the water, things are churning fast. The okay, so g man look, if, if, if somebody has a problem, just read the book, and there's the answers in there. You can find the answer. Doesn't matter whatever it is, you'll find it. In preparing for this podcast, I did go on Amazon, and I know that book is available
0: there for forty nine ninety
1: five. Yeah, it's not that. I think it's even. There's two ways to get it. It's, I think it's like twenty five bucks on Amazon, or just call Wisdom and he says we will send you a free one. So after this podcast, I will um, I will try to put a uh, a link. Just put a link. To uh, put link to Amazon, link to Wisdom, and if somebody wants yeah. to pay it for it, they can pay it for it. If they want it for free, just. Send an email to Wisdom, it'll be a link, and you'll have one in the mail. So this is a Sound of Time special for those listening, those at work or even in their personal life that are trying to... Actually, it's a two-for-one. If you want a Pooner book, ask for that. You can get a free Pooner book, too. How about that?
0: Learn about uh, Tom Orlando's father, you know, and life in International Falls through the book Pooner. And uh, a a great read, The Wisdom Way. I uh, feel so fortunate to be, you know, part of Tom uh, at the time of his writing of that book, and... uh, you know, there's some pages in the Wisdom Way that have uh, changed how I do what I do in my life. Yeah, day, well, and, and G-Man, let's
1: not forget, I mean, you were a, a, a giant contributor to the talks we had driving to and from the shore to take saunas and do. Giant contributors, so don't sell yourself short. The, the <laughs> Wisdom Way is as much as you as anyone else.
0: Oh, that's so kind. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it does mean a lot to be able to, at our ages, and we're the same age, you know, just over 50 or whatever. I mean, We're 50-something.
1: They're going to come out with a new show. Remember when they had 30-something? Yeah. It's gonna be 50 something. It's gonna be about guys sitting around in the sauna, thinking of sauna talk ideas. <laughs> great. And foot, we're gonna we're gonna combine it with what's the show, the Shark Tank. Yeah, it's that whole idea. It's going to all fit into one. All right.
0: Well, I'm. You've heard it here first. Uh, early to Early January 2016. Uh, sauna Tank could could be coming to a uh, uh,
1: theater near you. Yeah. There you go. Well, this has been a great round one. And uh, are you gonna head out? Yeah, I think uh, I think we're just about done. We'll throw some on and uh, yeah, you know yeah, what I
0: mean. I can edit this as we go, so don't yeah, okay. don't feel that we have to keep talking. I mean, there was a great chunk right in there, and uh, you know, I got through most of my questions. Um, we, we could maybe even talk a little more. Yeah, we've been in here a while. Yeah, you know what I mean. So long. Well, I I feel really good to get all that out. You know. Yeah, I think we hit
1: all the hot spots, right? That was great.
0: Does it feel like home in here?
1: I love the benches. Yeah.
0: Like in the, in the, in your... Internally, does it feel... Yeah,
1: no, yeah. comfortable. I've been in, how many times has that sound? Maybe not quite even a half dozen here, but a few, right? Yeah. Does it feel any different? Yeah, well, you got the benches now or, you know, we're... You made the bigger benches which these Mm -hmm. are the forever will be the superior stadium seating you know what i mean superior was the um catalyst
0: to me for me to change these benches and your minneapolis bench
1: yeah i mean it's just like it's like this is it this is what you do this is what are you checking there well i just got this fitbit and i was doing uh who was who's the guy that did uh, the heart rate thing
0: uh lance armstrong
1: no no on your uh son of times remember you did uh Clint. Yes. Clint did a video for you on one of your South Times articles, or video, he did a video. And his, his heart rate was, let's say, 70, he went to Kasani, for like, half hour it came on was 110, right? Okay. So when we started here, I was about the same, about 70, maybe 75, I was walking around a little higher, maybe. Yeah. And now it's, it just said, I was just looking at it real quick, it was 100 and, uh, uh, 111. Is that 114 good? is that good for you well i think yeah now it's almost like you're getting some aerobic yeah workout from the heat i uh-huh. mean he he proved it with his thing and i think uh-huh. people have written about it but yeah yeah because it's hot my body's fighting off the that's heat. right well your blood is circulating yeah i mean fast. if you took yours you, you, whatever yours was what to start and i know you got a low blood pressure or low uh, heartbeat or whatever uh-huh.
0: <laughs> or whatever
1: it's, it's going to be more elevated now because we've been sitting
0: in here for a half hour you and, I, know? and i feel it yeah, yeah feel it. so this feeling right now that we have we're just finishing round one mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. like uh mm-hmm. exercise and there's no different gee i gotta hit it i gotta yeah. hit it yeah this show is brought to you by sun country airlines sun country is staffed by cheerful humans and wherever sun country flies they are competitive and keep the airfare honest so, whether I'm checking out Temascal in Tulum or the Archimedes Banya in San Francisco, Sun Country Airlines is the first and last place I go for decent air travel. Okay, Tom, oh, so right, we're, we're just going to finish up with a couple okay. of rapid fire questions. Okay, okay. <clears throat> if you could have a kick ass mobile sauna and bring it anywhere, <laughs> <laughs> and bring it anywhere in the world. And take yeah. a sauna. Where would you choose? I mean, well,
1: you know, okay. So I got a different opinion about the mobile saunas than I think you do. But I mean, I would just bring it to the North Shore, so then I wouldn't need a mobile sauna. You know how, what I mean?
0: How about Stony Point for all those
1: poor well, I surfers? Guess, yeah, you could do that. I mean, it'd be similar to what, yeah. So Stony Point. Now, there you go. Okay. You, you answered. And would, my question. You answered yeah. my question. And would you? Your inv- question.
0: Would you invite some of those poor freezing yeah. surfers? Oh, I
1: think that would be the perfect spot. So Stony Point surfers middle of winter and they were out there last time i was up it'd be perfect spot for them.
0: perfect question two if yeah. you could arrange a sauna session yeah. with one other person anyone in the world yeah. dead or
1: alive Whoa. who would you choose so is mind? that one other person so it's so it'd be a total of two including myself what would yeah you man come on that's not even a fair question you well, I mean? i'm out i'm out i'm oh, totally be you. Out. Be, well then jw so oh, be, you know we can't go with those you know
0: all right so you got to knock those two guys out
1: Yeah. I mean, close friends wow. of
0: yours are yeah. knocked out like now you know open the open the cast the net wide whoa. i mean dead or alive okay, so
1: anyone anyone wow. in the world whoa wow that would be uh man you know i we think could come back to that one if I, you I, want that is a great question because it's like okay would that person enjoy it you know you know what I mean? Well, that's a good I mean, one. So is it a northern person? Because, you know, I was always a big Ronnie Reagan guy, but, I mean, does he really want to take a sauna? and Take a sauna with me? You know, <laughs> he might think that's weird, right? Well, <laughs> you know,
0: if, if it could be in his younger days. I yeah, mean, maybe a young.
1: But, you know, I mean, so you almost have to have a person that would appreciate the sauna, right? I mean, northern climate... Scandinavian climate. I mean, I don't know. That's a great. I I don't know. That's a well.
0: Uh, we, we happen to have Brian uh, Peterson for sauna
1: talk, yeah. and, and uh, his choice was Bob Dylan. Wow, whoa, whoa, yeah. I mean, I I just man, I, it totally caught me off guard. Gee, I'd still go with you. Wow,
0: that's that's super kind. And you know, I I think uh, Brian. And, and there's
1: a lot of reasons why I would do it. Okay, so sauna. This this brings up a great interesting thing is because there's a lot of there's some etiquette to it. There's some. Uh, you know, I mean, basically, you're 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 you know, you're half naked, if not all the way naked. You know, basically, I mean, so it's not like you can just you know, how would Bob Dylan feel with Brian Peterson? I mean, it might be an awkward moment. You know, well, it could, you, you and know?
0: It, you know, in defending Brian's choice, uh, he, I think, either consciously or whatever knew dylan is an iron ranger from yeah, so he Minnesota. would probably love it yeah right and, and i would put a lot of money that uh, bob dylan has taken authentic sauna. His own sauna you know what i mean <laughs>
1: okay i don't know yeah that's it that caught me off
0: guard what's the next question Jim? well the next one you you hammered out really well yeah. is tell us about your typical sauna routine i yeah. mean i mean
1: it's 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 probably similar to what you've seen on sauna times i mean usually there's it involves you know two to three maybe even four rounds you, you take a sauna for the longest one is usually the first. Cause then I like to get in early and let it ramp up. Yeah. Tell us catching about that. <laughs> what, take, what do you
0: call that term and, and why? Catching
1: it early on the way up. I mean, I love doing that. So, and what temperature do you like the uh, hot room? I mean, maybe, maybe start off at 120. And so, you know, maybe that goes against a lot of etiquette of the, you know, the Finnish people, but you know, I can walk into a sauna at 120 and basically you can start to get undressed then in the sauna and take your time and, you know finish your 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 uh water or whatever you're doing and maybe you're on a phone call or doing a last email or text or whatever you're doing it at 120 and then then you, as you settle in it's 130 140 you're catching it on the way up you know
0: beautiful beautiful i think there's
1: a post uh in yeah. store about
0: yeah. ride yeah. it up or yeah. catch it on the way up uh last question tom <clears throat> what is one thing about sauna uh that you think is misunderstood uh that you'd like others to know
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I think, you know, it's probably a weird thing, but I think a lot of people, the general public will think sauna, you know, they think of this sauna that's, you know, kind of a dark and lurky thing in the seedy part of a city that, you know, bad things happen there, and and that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about authentic, you know, sauna, something that's healthy for you, and I think the generations now, you know, the millennials now versus what our parents did, you know, I mean... People want to be much more healthier than they've ever been, you know, and I think sauna fits more than fits into that. Well done, Tom. I,
0: I just want to thank
1: you for yeah, no, being a part you for of sauna talk, me over and I really appreciate it. And I think we, uh, I think we're almost ready for round two. So here we go, folks.
0: Uh, thanks for listening on sauna talk, and uh, we'll be back at you uh, soon.